Hello friends and welcome to episode number 154 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. It is raining. It's not what you want. Meanwhile, way out west, Saskatoon reeling after a Labor Day loss to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I had to rub it in. He Justin did. Anderson, uh, how you doing, bud? I'm doing, I'm doing well considering I was at that shitty game last night, but... Uh... It was still fun. It was a beautiful day. It was like 28 degrees at kickoff, and you can't beat a September day like that. So, how, how frustrating is it, though? Especially because it's a bit of a trip to go yeah, from two and a half hours. To, yeah, that sucks, though. I would I travel that far to watch uh, a CFL game? Fuck yeah, I would. But uh, <laughs> your boy threw three picks. Uh, yeah, he wasn't. The offense was just in shambles. Um, uh, Kieran Moore bad. was fine. Yeah, he was the only only receiver that was able to catch anything yesterday. The biggest issues that the Riders had were that they didn't really have a downfield threat because Shaq Evans is injured. He's like our number one wide receiver. Yeah. Um, and that you could definitely see that there was just like no... Winnipeg wasn't cheating. Like They weren't waiting deep at all. They were able to just sit there and just pick off those short passes and everything up the middle was covered by the safety because he wasn't worried about double covering Shaq. So yeah, it was tough. The defense played really well, forced a lot of turnovers of their own. Um, a couple of missed field goals from Hamilton or from Winnipeg. They one, excuse me. They one pick and one sack, not a lot of pressure to the QB. And also a forced Calera. fumble they had too, but yeah, on a receiver. Right. But uh, yeah, no, the defense played really good until about the fourth quarter when they just got bagged. They were just getting played. Andrew Harris running rough shot. That's what he does. Yards. He's the best running back in the league. That's right. That's you can't you can't stop him. He's gonna run no matter what. Um, yeah. You remember but, like way back in the day, uh, NFL Chris Johnson. Yep. Oh man, he was. I remember picking him up in uh, fantasy one year and just. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> he just ran rough shot over everybody. Yep, no, it was good. But yeah, no, it was, it's always fun to go. It's a beautiful stadium in Regina. Uh, I wish I could get to more games. The thing that would yeah. stop me from getting season tickets is definitely the drive. But I try to go to two a year, and I've now completed that. So if I, if I make it back to another one, we'll be ahead of schedule. So we'll see. Where's the Grey Cup next year? I believe it's coming back to Regina because it was supposed to be here last year. And due to COVID, obviously the whole season was scrubbed. So I believe that we are getting it back again next year. 2022 so. yeah 2021 it's in hamilton 2022 yeah. regina should we should do something then next year oh i'll probably we'll be go, going so <laughs> like we'll, go to mosaic, we'll go to mosaic sure even if the riders oh yeah won't. It'll, it'll be yeah, a party whatever yeah we should do it anyway yeah let's talk some baseball <laughs> baseball man remember two weeks ago how utterly depressing it was to talk about toronto blue jays baseball it wasn't it wasn't ideal in, nope. a lot of, in a lot of ways, yeah. Not what you want, but uh, don't don't talk now. But it's uh, looking pretty good on our side of the fence here. Oh, how Toronto the turn tables. Yes, the turns have tabled. Uh, we have won five in a row, uh, as have the Seattle Mariners, who just refuse to die. Yeah. Uh, the Yankees are losing. Boston uh, hasn't been that great. Tampa is still... Tampa, but <laughs> yeah um but still huge turnaround epic comeback uh this past weekend uh the bats are alive this yeah, is great it's, it's beautiful to see that the yeah they, they have awoken 
they yeah it's it's pretty awesome and i i think what's great too is like we're still playing meaningful baseball here in september um let's just get right into the deets of everything um yeah but also if you do like our funny business you can follow <laughs> us on twitter at bfmd podcast where we bring the funny uh, we like the obscure memes. Send them to us. We like them. Uh, check us out on all the usual uh, podcasting networks. So, you know, Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Pocket Casts. Uh, there's probably a hundred more that I can't think of right now, but I don't care. BFNDpodcast.com, Content TBD, get off our backs. Uh, we'll get there. Uh, thanks for taking the time to listen to the episode. Justin, what is the standing update? Yeah, so with the win in game one of today's series against the Yankees, the Blue Jays are now three and a half back of both Boston and, and New York. Of course, Boston is still in progress as we speak to Tampa Bay. That game is is in progress. We'll update if it's completed by the time the podcast is recorded, but uh, we don't want to just say what the score is right now because that could all change in a matter of seconds. Um, anyway, though, we, we have leapfrogged the Oakland Athletics. A four or a three-game sweep will we'll do that when you are behind mm-hmm. a team and you sweep them three in a row. You will gain ground. The Athletics are off today, but they are sitting behind the Blue Jays at 74-63. and 63. Your Jays are 74-62. and 62. Uh-huh. The Mariners, who do play Houston later today, um, who are there chasing and only a few games back in their division now, are 75-62. and 62. So three, ga- three teams with the 62... And 63 losses with the, the Jays, Mariners, and Athletics. So uh, very close for those three teams. Then, of course, the Yankees at 59 and the and Red Sox currently at 60 losses. So those teams are all close. Only four games separating five teams right now. Boston has a chance to pull into wild card number one if they do win against Tampa Bay. But at the very least, the Blue Jays, Patrick Marsh are only going to be three and a half back of New York and yep. maximum four back of Boston. So, uh, there's there's a chance and we started talking about it last episode how we should start really focusing on the yankees and we've gone from about seven and a half back of them in the week down to three and a half now and still more than that yeah and still six games to play against them three more this week and then another series later on in september so two uh, weeks ago at our worst i think we were at least 10 back we can go back and take a look at the standings but we have but... <laughs> won we have uh we've won eight of our last nine games uh including five and oh so far in september uh meanwhile the yankees are three and seven in their last 10 including mm-hmm. three in a row so their lead has all but evaporated uh and here we are we've got three games left in this series and we're three and a half back so we could do some serious damage uh, to their playoff hopes and vastly improve ours. This is it. This is destiny is in our hands at this point. Uh, what happens to us is really dependent on this Yankee series. We cannot afford a split. We have to win the series uh, or preferably sweep it. Obviously, all yeah. things being equal, <laughs> uh, we're probably not going to get a sweep. But who knows? Because we we pounded the piss out of Oakland. Yep. Didn't see that coming. Um Let's just talk about it, man. Yeah, and just before before we do that, just to touch on that last point, at the height of that Yankee 13-game winning streak, it was a nine-and-a-half game separation between the Yankees and the Blue Jays. So six games Brutal. have been sawed off in the last, and that was on August 27th. So in the last, like, 11 days, six games have been sawed off. So 
there's still plenty to go. Um, but yeah, athletics series. Obviously, the first game was one for the ages. Uh, did you ever come back and finish watching that one, or did you stay away? <laughs> I was too scared because it was at the point where the game was so far over. I was like, if I come back and start watching it, and then we lose, I'm gonna feel like an asshole. So <laughs> I didn't. No, I stayed away. I good, stayed that's away good. after that's the, the right seventh move. inning. I think that's I the right like, move when you when you go in those situations. I think uh, I think it's good to stay away. Um, I myself was. A loser and watched the whole thing um and it paid off for once for once a uh, a huge deficit and watching it paid off it was eight to two ball game for those of you who missed it it was eight to two after the top of the seventh the blue jays proceeded to score six runs in the eighth capped by a first pitch grand slam from modus guriel to tie the game um, his third Grand Slam of the season, by the way. No Blue Jay has ever hit more than three, so he's got a chance to break that record. Uh, Oakland then proceeded to get a, a home run off of the foul mesh. Not, it's not a foul pull at Rogers Center. Off of Jordan Romano in the top of the ninth to retake a 10-8 lead. The Blue Jays were able to get the first two men on in the uh, bottom of the ninth, and former Oakland Athletic... And all-star second baseman Marcus Samin hit a three-run walk-off home run, and the Blue Jays won eleven to ten. It was an absolute massive game, and it started. It's 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 been a part of a big winning streak. The Jays have obviously now won five in a row, including today's game. And if I think if the team does make the playoffs, that may be the game that turned momentum around and woke the offense up. Because if you look at the next two games, game two was 10-8, to eight, and five of Oakland's runs were scored in the ninth because Joaquin Soria decided that he was going to just be terrible. Um, so it was 10-3 to, to three at that point, but those kind of five garbage time runs ended up not counting. And then in game three, the Blue Jays won 8 to nothing for a total of 29-18 to 18 in the three-game series. If you take off those five garbage runs, it was 29-13. to 13. So uh, it was a pretty big series against the Athletics, to say the least. And obviously the Jays were chasing them and overtook them in the standings due to that three game. Any uh, any feedback that you want to give on that one, Patrick Marsh? You know, it's kind of, um, it's, it is believable that this, this could happen because it did oh, yeah. happen. We yeah. watched it happen. We've seen it happen in previous seasons with the, with this team right different faces remember that tampa bay ray come back that time too against tampa but i mean ray. here we are getting some clutch performances from the hitters after what felt like god a month a month of just just dog shit <laughs> just struggles to the point where you know, we put all these guys on blast, and then starting Friday, September 3rd, they were the ones who were making it all happen. So yeah. we should just criticize everybody from now on. <laughs> yeah, Alec Manoa struggled in that Friday start, too. Um, he yeah. gave up six runs, worked into the sixth inning. But, hey, the, the offense came back. Sometimes you get bailed out, and that was one of those yeah. examples. Uh, Jose Barrios was terrific on Saturday. He ended up being charged with three runs. He worked into the seventh, um, but yeah, for the most but part, they, was in command. Yeah, he no, he looked great. His, he, the curve got the curve play. was there really good. Of, yeah, a lot of great strikeouts. Uh, it was really impressive. 
Yeah. Um. The I yeah the 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 box score is very deceptive. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You you, you got yeah. You had to watch that one for sure to understand that game. Um. Robbie Ray yesterday on Sunday Ooh. was terrific. Uh. He went six and two thirds and struck out ten. It was his fourth straight start with ten or more strikeouts. He lowered his season ERA to two sixty. He gave up three walks and one hit across six innings. Yeah. Uh, and the Jays were able to win that game eight to nothing while only giving up two hits. Brian Baker, shout out to him, made his major league debut. Uh, he went one inning, gave up a hit, and also recorded his first career strikeout. So nice to Just see a total shutdown. Nice to see that. Total shutdown. And then not to be outdone, and a nice rebound for him. By the way, it was Josh Harrison that uh, Baker struck out. Everyone's favorite in Toronto right now after some taunting. <laughs> and then uh, Nate Pearson, the slider was was sliding. He struck out the side in the ninth in that game. It was a nice rebound outing for Nate after some little bit of bad luck and uh some hits the night before the couple games prior um on that in that friday game but so that was nice to see and then today obviously hunjin ryu was was brilliant over six innings he ended up requesting to be taken out because he felt a little bit of tightness in his arm but it said it was nothing to worry about just knew that hey it's probably a good idea for me to sit the rest of this one out the jays were up four to nothing at the time Ryu went six strong, didn't walk a batter, gave up three hits and struck out six. It was his best start in a while and a start that was maybe his most important of the season to date, at least. The Blue Jays were able to get to Jamison Tyon with a couple of solo shots. Uh, Samin and Guerrero went back-to-back in the first inning. It was Marcus's 36th Patrick Marsh, which passed Aaron Hill, or sorry, tied Aaron Hill for the most by a second baseman in Blue Jay history. And then later in the game, he hit his 37th to break the record. And it was a grand slam with an expected batting average of 0-2-0 to the short porch in the left field corner at Yankee Stadium. Thank you, Joke Stadium. Um, Guerrero's home run was his 40th. He's now, he leads the American League in average, Patrick Marsh. He's three home runs shy of Otani for the lead and five RBIs behind Jose Abreu for the Triple Crown. So... Uh, after uh, what seemed to be like a little bit of a slippage for Vlad, and Brantley was hitting like 230 or 330 a week ago, he's really fallen off. Uh, Vladdy was down to like 310 at one point. He's now back over 320 with his batting average, and he's starting to look like Triple Crown might be a possibility again. Yep, it is. Uh, that slump, though, I mean, I'm sure if you look at uh, yeah, the, the slump was crap. still like 260 with a 120 WRC plus. So <laughs> yeah, like Vlad, Vladdy is unfortunately, I, I think the MVP is going to go to Otani. Oh if yeah, Otani there's play another game the rest of the year. Still, yeah, he would have to strike out in every at bat and like last one third of an inning in every start to not get it, and that's just simply not going to happen. But yeah, he's just been so good. Yeah, it's Vla- uh, a season for the ages. Yeah, and Vladdy's slumps are like Randall Gritrick's wet dreams for how he wants to perform. That's brutal, man. <laughs> we gotta give we gotta give credit where credit is due. Uh, Randall has started to uh, put together some solid at bats. That catch he made yesterday it, was terrific too, by the way. It was, the yeah. No, we need it though. We need everybody to be on their A game. Yep. In the last two games, back to back, eight nothing shutouts. Uh, and it. actually, this game could have been way, way worse. Could have been blown wide open as early as the second or third inning. Yeah. The Yankees committed three errors, which is very <laughs> strange because. Uh, at the beginning of this game, I, I tweeted out, I was like, the Yankees don't make a lot of mistakes. we got to capitalize on every single one of them. Yeah. And then Taylor And then they threw, made mistakes. <laughs> yeah, he, he threw some poopy uh, 
some poopy uh, brake pitches that uh, got taken to the short porch. Uh, and then Glaber Torres and Gio Urshela did their best, uh, you know, best yeah. impression of, uh, of Bo Bichette on a bad day. Uh, Bichette was ball. great today, by the way. He was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was. Um, I'm just being a turd. We have now, issue I mean, with one of the errors, though. Yes. Yeah, the Danny Jansen one that went off, he rocketed uh, the ball off of a glove. It was, I think it was... It was Urshela uh, at third base. It was yeah. Urshela. Yeah, that's not an error. That's a hit. Yeah. That I may still see. get changed. We'll see if the official scorer takes a look at that one. But I doubt I doubt it'll get changed. I would I like know. to petition for a base hit there. I would too, but like, I don't know. Change.org petition coming up. <laughs> No, I just I don't know. I don't think I I think it'll <laughs> yeah, probably stay. Just, as it, it's 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 terrible. It's too bad, but but yeah, it is what it is. A win's a win. <laughs> but still, um, you know, we did our damage early against Talon and and the yeah. uh, the bats, the Yankee bats. I don't know what's going on with them, but they're they're in a lot of trouble. Garrett Cole's going to have to throw like a perfect game tomorrow in order for them to have a chance. Mm-hmm. And all with all these uh, all these Blue Jays bats hot. The second and third time they see Garrett Cole, it's going to be a different story. So, I tomorrow is kind of like the the, the, the big premier matchup, I think, which is weird because we're throwing out Stephen Matz, uh, and we'll talk about matchups uh, in a little tiny bit. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Is this game? Is this like a big momentum shift for us? Get pounding them eight nothing. Look. Uh... It means nothing if they turn around and do nothing against Garrett Cole tomorrow. Um, yeah. It would be nice to see, even if they can like get three runs off of Cole, it's still a quality start for him, but that's uh, that's what you need to try to do, and you need to hope that Steven Matz can <laughs> continue to be what he has been, and we'll touch on him in a moment, but it would be great to see that as well, if Steven Matz can be dominant again like he has been, but uh, or maybe not dominant, but very good. I don't know. Um, Could be but, interesting. But yeah, five we're riding a five-game winning streak, Patrick. That hasn't happened too many times this year, and it's happening at the uh, right time of the season. So there's uh, nothing that we can say that bad about these last uh, stretch of games. Really, the offense has woken up. The pitching, for the most part, outside of Manoa's little bit of a blunder, has been good. And obviously Soria's inning, but uh, two blips there. Um, injury updates. Kevin Biggio and Ross Stripling are going to be in Buffalo tomorrow, Patrick Marsh, for rehab. Uh, Stripling is hoping to throw two innings and could rejoin the Blue Jays this coming weekend in Baltimore. There is a doubleheader on on Saturday, I believe it is. So I would uh, love it if he got a start. Yeah, he could if, if he could do two to three innings in one of those doubleheader games, that's basically half of those games if he can go three innings. So I'd uh, love that. It would be nice to see Strips come back and likely do a, sort of a bullpen day. In one of those games, uh, I, want to, I want to highlight Connor Overton was claimed off of waivers by the Pirates today. By the way, yeah. uh, unfortunately, had to be a DFA to free up a roster spot. That it's a loss because Overton, I thought, was a guy who could be um, a good swingman slash longman in a bullpen for for the next little while. Um, but regardless, the bullpen's looking pretty solid. Uh, Biggio's yeah. going to hope to get into a couple of games as well, and then they'll kind of play by ear there. Kevin Smith would likely go down for him just because he Julian, hasn't really hit well. Julie Merriweather is with the club right now. Was yeah. not activated for he today. He pitched yesterday, 16 yeah. pitches, and wasn't very good. So I was kind of surprised 
that they brought him up today uh, with obviously not activating him. He's maybe on the taxi squad, but he could be activated sometime in this, in this New York series. Yep. Um, Espinal, there hasn't been an update on him lately. AJ Cole was actually activated off the 60-day IL today, but outrated to AAA, so he'll be um, just pitching for the Bisons for TBD. Uh, it could be the rest of the season. But obviously, he's a guy who's got big, big experience. So there is an injury, and somebody has to move off that 40-man roster. He could come and take their place. But yeah, some positive, obviously, some positive updates with Pearson and Baker up in the in the lineup, and Stripling and Biggio appearing close. And obviously, Merriweather, if he can be somewhere near what he was in April, would be nice to see again. Shout out to Nate Pearson striking out the side yep. uh, against Oakland in the eight nothing ass whooping. That was yeah. nice. It was nice, uh, especially after how much he struggled. Uh, in his first appearance, his return appearance, that was not ideal. Uh, it didn't really <laughs> go. It didn't go great for him. Um, he uh, he gave up three hits, one earned run, and one inning uh, against Oakland uh, in the first game of that. But uh, for him to come out and blow all three of the uh, Athletics out of the water like that, that was nice. It was good. It helped to lower his, his uh, season ERA down to 8.31, which is, you know, pretty inflated because of minimal He's pitched in three games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, not not great, but, I mean, still, it's good to have Nate back. And having those flame-throwing arms is great. And getting Merriweather back in there and seeing what he can do. He was, at, at the beginning of the, the season, he was, he was three for three in saves or something like that, and everybody was like, holy shit. Yeah, it was at like so, the second coming of Christ all of a sudden when we were the first Yeah, the getting him back will be a big boost. <laughs> AJ Cole, I don't know whether or not there is a roster spot for him because with strips coming back, yeah. these two guys have to go down. Like where the roster is expanded, but there's still not enough. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what will happen. Um, obviously, they have to pitch, pitch and play in AAA before any decisions are made so we will be curious to yeah. see what happens there um let's talk about denny jansen a little bit here patrick marsh we, we <laughs> your obviously, favorite topic i love denny jansen i don't know what it is i just think that he's too good of a player to have the batting stats that he's had and, he, and we've obviously seen flashes of it but um looking at he's he's only played in 52 games this year uh, it's it's been a bit of a struggle obviously on the il twice with hamstring issues but to try to pick some stats, I mean, we'll just look at the last 30 game splits from MLB.com. In the last 30 games that Denny Jansen played in, he's had 71 at bats. Yeah. He has 20 hits, which equates to a 282 average, Patrick. Uh, seven walks, 21 strikeouts, has 363 on base percentage, a 517 slug, eight or five home runs over that time. So his slash line is actually over, like, OPS is over 1,000 in the last 30 games. Yep. Now, obviously a small sample size. This is a guy who's had 682 career at-bats, so we're only looking at... Barely like, a season. Yeah, barely a season of total at-bats. Uh, and we're looking at 71 of them in these splits, so not even... About 10, about 10% of his total at-bats. His career average is at 205. His on-base for his career is at 293, so still like a, an 87 point or 88-point improvement from average to OBP, that's about the kind of split that you want to see from a very good hitter. So honestly, if, if you get a guy like Danny Jansen to hit 230, his on-base will be somewhere around 315, and you'll take that. That's those are that's way above average for on-base. Um, 
And honestly, for a catcher who's going to hit eighth or ninth in your order, you'll love those stats. He's hit a couple of nice home runs in his return this this latest time. He's only played in three games now. He was 0 for today, but as we mentioned, he kind of got robbed by the official score, making one of them an error. Um, so beef with that person, whoever they are. Yeah. But Should've but I just for yeah. For me, it's just like I I just I don't understand. Danny Jensen gets Danny, Danny gets a lot of hate on Blue Jay Twitter for batting stats, but we see the results when he catches Ryu, right? Like Ryu was great today. Ryu Him was really good his Ryu, last time out too. Ryu so. not having Danny uh, definitely had an impact on his performance. One hundred percent. Yeah. We'll talk about it uh, in a second, but. This is such a this is actually like a way bigger deal I think than even Guriel kind of resurging for in the back half of the year because the 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 depth in our, in our our lineup it struggled so much in the yeah. last thirty games or so uh, and and having Danny not there connecting and Reese got Reese gets cold it's just been basically like how do we mix and match the six seven eight nine hitters <laughs> to try to get something going right and now we've got with jansen hitting and kirk hitting and and Bravic know, valera getting a timely hit or two here and there valera oh, uh, over uh you know overperforming. it's been really really good uh it's helped to turn the lineup over faster which means guys like marcus samin uh, who still is only hitting about 242 in his last 30 games. Uh, he's starting to come back, though. He, he has, hits dingers. Uh, <laughs> that's right. He has five home runs in his last seven games. That's 10 RBIs. Huge reason why we are uh, where we are in the last 10 games or so. Um, not to mention, Samin, uh strikeout-to-walk ratio is one. Three walks to three strikeouts. So, like, getting the, getting the lineup turned over is kind of a responsibility Danny Jansen has at this point being at the bottom and he's he's serving very very well yeah great uh two days ago and Reese McGuire did that well for a a few weeks here and there as well too turning that lineup over and led to lots of runs so yep credit credit uh credit where credit is due 100 percent absolutely yeah uh, let's talk about, we just talked, we just mentioned Hunjin Ryu being benefited by Jansen. Let's, let's take a look at, at him and Steven Matz. We want to take kind of, not really a comparison, but, uh, want to look at both of these guys because they've kind of had different stories the last, uh, handful of games here, the last month and a bit. We'll look at them kind of since the beginning of August or we'll just, we'll say last seven games. That's just an easy split on MLB.com. Um, in those seven games for Ryu, Patrick Marsh, his win-loss record is three and three. The ERA though is at five twenty-six, so not what you want to see. Um, there's two starts in there on the eighth uh, of August and the twenty-sixth of August, where he was three and two-thirds in both of them, and charged with seven earned runs in both of them. Now the first game was different than the second game. The first game it was all just. Uh, singles and doubles. The second game, it was three home runs. Both games, only one batter walked, but only five combined strikeouts over those, uh, I guess, eight and a third innings in those two starts. He's also had two starts where he's thrown no earned runs, seven innings in in August, and then six today. So there's been kind of a case of of the good and the bad. Um, One, two... 
three three of uh, three of the starts were quality starts, and one was an, in, an out short of a quality start. So it hasn't been overly terrible. There's just those two really bad ones that have kind of sunk his ship, and those were against Boston and Chicago. It but, is concerning. Yeah. <laughs> it is concerning for sure if you look at if we even if we stretch it out to like go back to July first. Sure. There are some rough performances. There are a couple stinkers in there for sure, yep. And he does bounce back, but like August was just a disastrous month for him. He had one uh well two I would say he had two great starts. Yeah. One uh, one against the Tigers, where he went seven, goose eggs, five strikeouts, five hits. And then the other was a seven-inning performance against Cleveland. Otherwise, he got smoked by Boston. He got smoked by Seattle. He got smoked by the White Sox. Uh, and he didn't look that great against Baltimore either. It was just a bad, bad month for him. And it really concerns me going into year three and year four of his contract. We cannot rely on him as an ace. He's just not performing, especially recently. He's not performing in a way that you would expect an ace to. All the more reason for us uh, to re-sign Robert Ray to kind of bolster that rotation. Yeah. One thing I do want to point out, um, early on in the season, home runs were kind of an issue for Ryu. Yeah. The last two months, so if we just look at August and September, which is, I mean, only one start in September – He's given up four home runs. Three of them were in in that one bad start. So he's 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 been able to keep the ball in the ballpark again. June was bad for him. June was bad. Run. Yeah, June but was a bad then, month for home life. runs. Um, I mean, his ERA in July was two seventy three. August was six twenty one. So that's the bad month. It was August. It was yeah. really bad. And if he can do what he did today against the Yankees for the rest of September, that would be ideal. So. Uh, some some issues for Ryu, but I think I think he's kind of riding the ship. I mean, his his seasonal numbers are still very good. Uh, Thirteen wins, an ERA below four at three seventy seven. That's in twenty seven games. He's thrown one complete game. Uh, I think that was in a seven inning game though, but they're counting it. <laughs> One hundred and fifty five yeah. innings, and the WHIP is at one point one five. Opponents batting average at two forty five, and he gets more ground balls than fly balls. So. But if you had told me at the beginning of the year that between Steven Matz and Hwanjin Ryu, the ER difference was going to be 0.03 as of September the 6th, right. I would have thrown up in my mouth. Yeah, Either but think of it this that way. Ryu, Ryu uh, declined significantly or Steven Matz overperformed, right. uh, both of which happened at different rates. Yeah, and I mean, Ryu's made three more starts than Matt's. Obviously, Matt's missed some time on the COVID IL, uh, but right. Ryu's also thrown 32 more innings than Matt's. So even if they yeah, had thrown the same amount of starts, Matt's isn't going to throw 32 innings and in three starts because that's really mathematically impossible unless he pitches 11 innings per start. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Ryu's definitely been more of a workhorse. He, he does go deeper into games. But you are right. Matt's has been, Matt's has been pretty good. And uh, we'll talk about him now, too. We talked about Ryu. Uh, obviously, has a 3.77 ERA. Matt's is sitting at 3.80, so like they're relatively equal there. The the ways that they are different, Patrick Marsh. Um, Matt's gives up a higher opponent's batting average. Opponents are hitting 2.64 against Matt's versus 2.45 against Ryu, 
And Matt's has a 1.34 whip versus a 1.15 for Ryu. So a 19 point jump there. So Matt's is going to allow more base runners. He does get more ground balls than Ryu. Um, he's a ground ball pitcher. Yeah, and Ryu's given up four more home runs than Steven Matz this year. And I know we we kind of looked at Steven Matz's past stats and at the beginning of the year, and we're worried about the home runs, and those haven't really been an issue for him. It's been the it's been the base hits, and he's hit six batters. Um, seven quality starts this more. season. Yeah, seven quality starts. Hey, like Steven Matz has been more than what we could have ever hoped for in a fifth starter. Um. He's been more than you could have hoped for, right? He's done everything that this team has needed to do. There, he has a ten and seven record, uh, which if you get if you can get ten winning decisions from your fifth starter, that means that he's got you at least five innings with a lead and at least ten starts. So I mean, hey, you'll take that every step of the way. Um, he's been very good. Obviously, in August, he pitched to a two and one record with a one thirty ERA. He dropped his ERA from 4.30 to 3.81 over the course of the month. Uh, he averaged just below six innings per start in August. He averaged about five hits allowed per start, gave up one home run in the month, walked seven, and struck out 20. And opponents only hit 2.26 against him in August, Patrick Marsh. He had a very good month. Um, and yeah, we can't we can't discount it. And, Two of the starts are against the Tigers. Two are against, or one was against Seattle, one was against LA, and one was against Cleveland. So all lesser competition, but still, he didn't throw up any stinkers. His worst outing was where he gave up two earned runs and four total runs against LA, and again the Blue Jays did lose, but again, two of those runs weren't on him. So uh, it was all in all a very good month. Yep, I mean we're luck we're lucky to have him on this lineup because. Uh, think about how much more devastating uh, the injury to Ross Stripling would have been right. without without Stephen Matz. Because then we were talking about a bullpen day like almost every every fifth day. That's <laughs> brutal. Yeah. But uh, you know, with Strips coming back, it'll be interesting to see how he's deployed. I think we've got at least two doubleheaders left. Uh, just one year. for sure. One for sure. Yeah. I thought we had two for some reason, but okay. So we know Strips is might get an opener spot there, but you know when you look at things, our our pitching has really our starting pitching has really really exceeded expectations. Yeah, they they had a graphic on the screen before today's game. It's it's in one of the best uh, seasons in terms of ERA in Blue Jay history. Um, ERA below well below four as a starting rotation and that's right yeah. up there with 2016 and the 85 team that won the first division title they're right up there with them too so it's been a consistent we talked a bit about it last episode it's been a pretty consistent rotation since june 1st since manoa has come up um and solidified that kind of fourth spot i guess at this point and obviously getting burrios it was huge too but they used a lot of guys in the first two months of the season in that rotation. Trent Thornton made starts. TJ Zoik made starts. Like it was, it was a real clusterfuck. And now it's it's the exact opposite of that. Uh, where's your head at as far as uh, what we're gonna do about Stephen Max? Because he's a free agent. <laughs> yeah. In 2022. Do you gamble you on that him question. again? <laughs> do you roll the dice again and yeah. sign him for like a two year? Or... Hey, well. We're paying him 5.2 this year. 
Um, and based on his performance, he's probably going to be looking for somewhere in the 12 to 14 million range. Uh-huh. And I think if you can get him on a three-year deal at like a 12, three, 336, I think I'd do it. It's a better, I... it's a better bet than a ton of real work deal. Um, I don't know, man. That's a lot of money for a guy who's had some bad, bad, yeah. bad luck. Hey, it's. I know so... pitching is at a premium price. Pitching is at a premium price. You're paying for wins. You look back at Matt's kind of previous seasons of comparable innings pitched, and this season's really comparing really well to his 2018 year. He had a 3.97 ERA that year. He pitched for the Mets, so he went five and eleven with an ERA below four and thirty starts. He's got yeah. probably only he's probably only going to make I guess maybe twenty eight starts max this year, uh, but he's got a chance to set a new career high in, in innings. He needs another uh, thirty one innings pitched this season to set a new career high. Yep. Um, I, I'm so, not saying that. Yeah, like I'm not saying get that. There, but... I don't think he's going to get twelve million dollars. Uh, I, I would think I, we get him two years. Yeah, two, two years, years for twenty would be great. Or two, I wouldn't even go that high, man. I would I give would him say, ten million a year for two years. I get. I would say two, and then eight. You can bet that he's going to be looking for a three to three to five year deal, though. I would do three eight then, twenty four yeah. mil over sure. three years, and then I would even go so far as to say in the fourth, have a fourth year as team option. Team option, yeah. Or even some sort of um, vesting option too, if he meets a certain threshold. Yeah, something but, like that. I could see that, but we really have to pour all of the resources into re-signing uh, Robert Ray. Robert Ray. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. There's been a lot of chatter on uh, Blue Jays Twitter and Blue Jays Reddit about, you know, we have to prioritize signing Marcus Smeen as well. I don't see it that way. He's going to the amount of money. It's too high. Yeah, it's tough to replace the production, though. Like, I don't it know is. where you find it. You don't really have anybody in your organization who's ready to fill that much production. Kevin Biggio is not going to hit 40 home runs in a year at second he base. He certainly is not. It would be nice, but the thing is, how much money is it going to cost to sign Samine yeah, and you th- Ray? You're you talking think, about like $50 million. Yeah, and you think next year, like you're going to go into the season with a healthy George Springer, if all is goes according to plan, yeah. which you didn't have this year. Um, that kind of mitigates. I mean, being there, then you've got a top, you've got a top four of Springer, Bo, Vladdy, and Teoscar, which is very good. Maybe one of the better, better top fours in baseball. But then you don't have like a really good fifth option and right now. Samin makes that top five so good, but yeah, he's going to cost a lot of money. Um, they're going to have to make some moves in the outfield to try to upgrade on Randall Grichik because he's definitely proven that he can't offensively be counted on for a full season. He's going to go through those hot streaks like he did in April and May where he was just so, so good. And then he's going to just be a complete dumpster fire and hit 200 the rest of the year. But, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see. When. We'll, we'll be able to talk about lots of offseason stuff as as the season progresses and, and gets into October, and once we know where this team finishes, hey, if they go into the playoffs and Marcus Samin has a great playoffs, that's going to help him even more in terms of making more money. Robbie Ray will be the same, right? People play f- pay for playoff success. 
And if Robbie Ray and Marcus Smeen can have playoff success for the Blue Jays, even if it's in a three-game wildcard series, or is it a wildcard playoff game this year? I don't even know what it is anymore. No, it's a one-game one one playoff. playoff. So, yeah, if those two guys can have a good one-game playoff, they'll be great. <laughs> All things being equal, if we if we do make it to the wildcard, we're a long, long road away from this still. Who's your starter? Uh, Robbie, Robbie Ray, 100%. All right. Yeah. Interesting. I would not start anybody else at this point. Okay. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, it let's, does let's... say wild card series, by the way. Okay. Really? I don't know. I don't know if I, that's right. They fuck around with the rules so much. No, it's just a wild card game. They say series, but it's it's not. It's series. one game. Yeah, it's one yeah. game. American League and National League wild card games on August, October 5th and 6th. So, yeah. One will be one day. One will be the next day. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. Uh, the remaining three games in the series, and we'll come back Thursday. Yeah, we'll come back Thursday uh, with some more baseball. Preview, talk. We'll preview uh, the uh, Baltimore series, which may end up being the most important series of the season after this <laughs> one, which is the every most series important. is important. Yeah, <laughs> every series it feels like it's the most important as we go on. So it's like this is lot yeah. trying to lose meaning. Uh, but that being said, these are the most important games of the season, so let's let's preview them. Yeah, Steven uh, Matz is going to face his first stiff competition in a while. He's going to actually face off against Garrett Cole. Uh, Matz hasn't faced a team with a winning record since he pitched against Boston on July 28th. Yeah. Just, so it's been a month and a half. <laughs> He's going to face off against Garrett Cole, who is dueling with Robbie Ray for the American League Cy Young Award. Um, Garrett Cole has an ERA below 275 and has struck out 215 batters this season good lord yeah he struck out basically almost double of steven matz um on wednesday it's alec manoa looking to rebound he's going to face off against luis gill who has only uh era of zero and 18 strikeouts so he's obviously pitched in limited innings but it has been good by all measures of the stats on the screen here uh, the Yankees have not announced a starter for Thursday yet. Uh, Corey Kluber pitched on Sunday for them yesterday, so he won't be able to pitch on Thursday. Are they hedging? Are they hedging their bets that Severino will be? Ready That's a or... potential. I don't know. I haven't checked in on him lately, but That's a pretty significant fucking leap, though. I mean, yeah. Regardless, Jose Barrios is going to be on the mound. Um, he's got lots of experience pitching as the Yankees as a member of the American League Twins for so long. They've played against New York and played against them in the playoffs and never fared well. But um, he's obviously Brios had a great outing last time out. His last two starts have been terrific since he made that tweak to his delivery, the old Pete yeah. Walker special. Um, he's 10 and 7 on the year with an ERA of 3.55. So the Jays have already sent out Hunjin Ryu today and got a win against uh, Jamison Tyon. So that was nice to see. Um, Mats, Manoa, and Brios are going to keep going this next three days and then it's on to Baltimore for a four game in three day weekend set because of that double header on Saturday. So no rest for the wicked. The blue Jays are playing a lot of baseball games, Patrick, and uh, they're not going to have a day off until the 16th, which is still after three games with Tampa Bay after the Baltimore series. So the games keep coming and they don't stop coming. Yep. We're, we've got to keep all our all-stars uh, out there hustling. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what's going on with George Springer, but that was scary today, watching him strike out and uh, be hurt. That was 
I don't know. That freaked me out. I yeah, he's, he's he, he ain't right. He's obviously not a hundred percent, and we we knew that he wouldn't be coming back that quickly from a knee uh, sprain like that. There was no way in hell that he was <laughs> healthy, right? It's just you just hope for the best that he can provide you with uh, some Something. some offense and just he just makes the lineup deeper having him up there. Being able to hit Teoscar fifth is is a huge asset because you 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 have a good chance of one of Samin, Vladi, and Bo getting on ahead of him. So uh, this this top five in the order is still great, and they're still gonna have to pitch to Springer because right now Samin's hit five home runs in the last five games. So uh, he's one of the most dangerous hitters in baseball. Has a chance to hit forty home runs. So it's pretty intense, but. Yeah, that'll be it for us. Uh, we'll try to get back on Thursday, depending what time that Yankee game finishes. It's going to be a late night for Patrick, so we'll oh, see. Boy. We'll see how it goes. At the very least, we'll be back on the weekend. Um, if the Jays happen to just sweep the Yankees, maybe we don't have to record till after Baltimore. We'll just we'll play it by ear. But we'll get back to you with an episode at least before Tampa Bay next week, and hopefully sooner. But uh, that'll be it for us today, Patrick. And I mean, follow us on Twitter, BFMB Podcast bfmdpodcast.com is where you can find the website. The shows are posted there in blog format. You can read the summaries and listen to them on the embed. Uh, we host the show on Anchor. Shout out to them. Great hosting service for free. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google are the big ones you can listen to us on. You can find us on so many more places. Thank you so much as always for listening to this. We do appreciate everyone who listens to the show. Uh, the reason we do this is to talk about baseball, but knowing that people listen is also a very, very nice side effect of that. Uh, but that'll be it for us. Uh, and, and Halifax is Patrick out here in Saskatoon. I'm Justin Anderson, and we will see you when we see you.